Welcome to the IoT podcast powered by Paratus People. Be among the first to find out what's happening in the fascinating and growing world of IoT from the industry leaders themselves. Welcome to the IoT podcast show. I'm your host, Tom White, and today I'm joined by none other than Hima Mukamala from Pelion. Hima is the CEO of Pelion, a business that was previously incubated within Arm and is now its own company. To support the acceleration in the IoT innovation, Pelion looks to help customers transform their sector through a lot of different IoT-enabled use cases. Hema, welcome to the show. Tom, thanks for having me here. Uh, it's a, I'm excited to have this conversation. Looking forward to it. Oh, fantastic. As are we, as are we, Hema. Hema, just, just to start, how, how did you get into IoT and, and into this world? It's a really interesting question for, for our listeners. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's an interesting, um, I guess, uh, point for me because, you know, my old uh, journey started with being a mobile platform developer before the mobile phones were there. And then when I was in 2012, I think I was thinking about, okay, what's going to happen next? And that's when the notion of industrial IoT was starting to come up. I don't know if you remember 2012 when the name was first being coined. And so yes. I went to GE and I built the first industrial IoT platform called Predix. And so that's where my IoT journey got started because I knew that the, the journey in technology was going to go from mobile phones and to IoT next. And so building the first industrial IoT platform. And then as I was looking at it, as I thought about where is this journey going to go next, and that's when I knew devices, and that's how I ended up at ARM, because it wasn't not a, a linear path from an industrial company to a, a company like ARM. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I can imagine. And uh, it, it's, it, it's, it's interesting that you've been in it for, for, for that time, right? I mean, when people talk about IoT and they talk about machine to machine and the difference between it, some people have come from this industrial background and, and others have sort of segued into the industry from varying other, you know, industries. So myself, I, I was very much involved in the set-top box industry uh, many years ago and did a lot of work within that. Uh, and you can't really get much more connected than a set-top box, right? Um, so uh, so that, that was my uh, entry point to IoT. Um, clearly, it's a really exciting time for Pelion at the moment. Um, you, you've clearly reached a, a milestone as an independent company very recently. Um, I'm interested to know uh, some insights, really, about how Pelion is now operating as, as its own independent business from Arm and, and the decision to do that. Yeah, I mean, when I started uh, three uh, around three years ago, three and a half years ago, it, the journey was because I felt like IoT is all about the devices. So with an arm, it felt like a very good place to incubate the business. So for three years, ran the business as part of arm. You know, we launched the product, we uh, got commercial intensity going, and then made some acquisitions on the way to grow the technology sort of uh, offering together. But as we looked at this future for us as a company, future for IoT, it felt like the right intersection from a technology and a growth standpoint. So whenever someone asks me why now this, you know, launching ourselves as a separate company, I give three reasons. I mean, three reasons primarily. I think it allows us to focus more because Arm is a bigger company, and the charter they have in IoT is much larger than what we you know, are, are doing now focusing on connecting and managing devices. So that's one big reason which 
enables us to accelerate what we need to do better. The second reason is it helps us give more focus and flexibility across devices, clouds, and networks. Because we, you know, one of the biggest challenges is that, right? This flexibility of device, network, and cloud, and this helps us do that. And then finally, you know, as a smaller, leaner organization, we can be super obsessed about customers and satisfying customers and respond to their requirements much better. And so that's been uh, the main pivotal reasons transitioning to being an independent company uh, uh, that is a wholly owned subsidiary of ARM. You know, we get the benefits of ARM, you know, there are our financial backers, you know, ARM is doing really well. Uh, the number of devices that have ARM nodes, ARM sensors in them is growing uh, crazy. So overall, it's a, it, as I think about it, it's, it's good for both sides of the uh, coin. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, the evolution's been huge, hasn't it? Um, in terms of moving from a, a platform to an independent business. Uh, I, I would imagine there's a, a, a lot of challenges in doing that, right? Taking it from um, something within ARM to its own independent business. What, what were the biggest challenges you had doing that, Hema? Yeah, it, you know, it, it's always a challenge, you know, being part of a larger company, working with customers in one way and then transitioning it uh, ourselves into a smaller company and being under the umbrella, right? So my biggest worry was going into the transition starting October, how will our customers and partners sort of continue to support us? Because, you know, they're used to dealing with Arm as a company and Pillion as a business as part of Arm. Now they're dealing with Pillion as a company, right? And the most surprising part of it was the support we got from them was incredible. You know, the trust they had in us before just grew as we went through this transition, especially the strength in enterprise customers, because that was the segment I was worried about. You know, how would they respond to this change, uh, you know, us becoming an independent company? And it, I was so happy to see their continued strength. The other challenge that I was really worried about is for us as empl uh, the employees of the company. You know, it's always hard to go through that separation. You know, it felt like a family. You know, we're still part of the family, but you know, the team, uh, when I say the team, the Pillion team, you know, through the pandemic, through the transition, they stepped up big time. And so um, it, it actually, our, our business grew during the transition. We continue to execute to our customers' requirements. So overall, I was surprised, it was a good surprise that uh, we managed to grow the business and continue to get customers. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. I think obviously the reputation was there as a business, as a business unit. And I think with the backing of ARM and being able to be its own independent entity is a real um, proving point of the commitment to, to ARM within IoT. Um, but equally to show the success that the business unit had. Um, and, and, cl and clearly your customers would be interested in following suit and, and, and coming on this journey that, that Pelion is going on because it's it's quite an immense journey, isn't it? Um, just just touching on that as well, It's it, I mean, expectations for the business are huge, aren't they? Oh, oh uh, you know, even uh, as we were part of Farm, as a business unit of Farm, the expectations were there. And, you know, the launch we did around two years back, you know, the partnerships we have built upon 
So there is that, uh, you know, the expectations that have been built up, but I think thankfully to the customers and partners, we've been able to manage to those expectations and, you know, being part of a SoftBank family and the growth that's expected. So it's been a good journey uh, coming off the kickoff and over the last two years growing the business year over year, especially in the areas we wanted to focus in. And, and so I think the market has had its challenges, but you know, with our focus and our ability, we've been able to take the lessons learned from the first two years and apply them. And so we've seen the increase. And, and uh, you know, it, it's interesting because COVID actually made our business better because because of COVID, there was a lot more of, you know, remote uh, management of device needs because people wanted to reduce the human interaction. And so the last one year, we've seen more use cases come into production and real uh, utilization of uh, IoT technology. Previously, it was a lot of conversation about using IoT, but now we are seeing real use cases. And so for the last two years, you know, a combination of technology maturing, the organization has matured a lot, and then the market is in the right condition for real use cases, and the momentum has been built. Yeah, I mean that that's that's a fantastic story, isn't it? And I think you know the pandemic has been a really devastating event for so so many people, but there are small silver linings, if you can call them that, within this. And I think one of them is more and more use cases of IoT, and we've had people on the show and that we've spoken to that are doing such, such amazing things um, when it comes to um, proximity detection uh, for social distancing, um, the transportation of, um, of, of goods, services, products. Um, you know, you've only got to look at the vaccine um, and certain vaccines have to be stored at certain temperatures and that's all, all led by sensors and being able to check that the temperature is at that level and if there's some issue, then the, the interventions are that quickly. And, and it's really fantastic that IoT can help a lot of these situations. Um, Leeds, sorry, go on, Eva. No, I was just going to add a use case that we saw in the building management because, you know, in the past, right, when, you know, uh, when you manage the air quality and, um, you know, uh, uh, temperature in the large buildings, you know, commercial or residential, um, our customers would take their gateways, put them, connect to the local Wi-Fi. That would take a week or so you would have to talk to a lot of local IT operators in the building and so on. After COVID, we've seen that need to do this off the shelf. You just want to put the gateway, power it on, talks to a cellular network, and you get connectivity immediately, right? So that's one more use case, which we have seen because we're trying to reduce the human interaction and make devices more active, get air quality information, get better uh, comfort for the occupants of the uh, buildings, commercial or residential. So you're absolutely right. We're seeing the use cases come about, or we've seen them come about because uh, accelerated through the uh, COVID time period. Speaking yeah. of vaccines, it, one of the use cases we also worked on is tracking um, you know, uh, supplies. And like you've said, imagine a world where there are billions and billions of packages and you could print a shipping label, uh, including cellular connectivity, including management, and, and as thin as a thin strip of um, uh, notes, uh, post-it notes, right? And so absolutely right. I think, it, it, you know, silver lining or, or otherwise, it's, uh, it's accelerating the innovation that's happening in our space. 
Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. That's a really interesting topic that you just mentioned there, actually, from a logistics point of view. Uh, logistics, at the moment, you've only got to look at some of the, the big online retailers, um, uh, you know, and their business is growing significantly. But as we move forward, even after this pandemic, the, a lot of people are going to be using home delivery services. Um, and, and, and so that, that um, uh, ability to, to have real-time tracking um, is, 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 is something that's going to be needed and, and something that people are actually going to want. And, and you can do that through sensors. And I'd love to see how we can get this onto a post-it note or even, you know, just spitballing it, rolling it out in terms of a adhesive tape, right? And for the adhesive tape to have uh, the tech within it so it's rolled out and, 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 and you know, compartmentalised on the, on the box. Uh, absolutely. I'll send you a link to the article that we have been working with uh, Vodafone, our sister company, Keegan and Bayer, on uh, how we're able to print tracking labels ex- as uh, thin as an adhesive tape, uh, and that can go on every package, and it could go on a, like the smallest vial that uh, has the drug in it, uh, and so that way you're tracking it at such a, a high fidelity. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see that. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, that's, a, that's a real game changer, I suppose, isn't it? Because the you know, making a sensor so small that you can embed it within a packaging uh, is, is unbelievable. It really is. Yeah, it's, it's a combination of the sensor, but it's also not just a sensor, but the ability to connect the sensor over cellular networks that are available across the globe with the low power wireless networks, right? Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. CATM, NB-IoT uh, cellular networks coming out. And so this one, not just being able to put a device on it, but connect the device and that can work anywhere in the world, especially in a global supply chain like today where things are manufactured in one part of the world, tested in one part of the world, deployed to a different part of the world, and even after deployment, they keep moving from one region to the other, right? And if you just take US as an example, the network coverage within the country itself is so varied. So you need a supplier that can track and connect these devices across multiple networks. And that's where I think um, a lot of the innovation is happening and that's the value we offer to our customers. It, it's an interesting space and I, you know, I joke with my wife the number of speaking of packages and you know the amount of shipping that has happened to just our home um, because we don't go shopping and it's like everything we shop goes uh, we shop on amazon mm-hmm. well i mean yeah exactly and, and i think everyone has um you know uh, everyone has kind of gone that path right i have a have a close friend of mine it's is quite senior at amazon and, and we talk you know about the, about the increase and um and, and and that's that's going to stay. That's not going to change, right? It's um it's a really interesting topic about how how we handle this. And then of course, I mean, we, this could, we could go on for hours about drone deliveries and bits and pieces, right? But uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. What one of the things that I was keen to understand from more of a Pelion perspective. So device, IoT device management is a really complex process, and there's obviously a range of networks and devices acquired within this. Um, as you look to innovate and the complexity grows, what what do your customers come to you uh, with, and, and what are what are the challenges that they're looking to try and achieve using um, device management, and and how can you simplify that for them? I think uh, this is a very interesting conversation because talking about all the use cases we talked about, device management, 
whatever technical term you might use is the fundamental part of the solution. The three main challenges that I see them coming to us, flexibility. The challenge with customers is they want to be flexible on what, you know, future proofing, right, in one way. What devices they use, what cloud they use, what networks they use, because that is a very um, uh, uh, environment that's changing rapidly, right? The networks are not the same, the device uh, uh, life cycle is not the same. So they want to build a solution that is flexible and can move along, can improve with the next generation of devices that come along, right? So that's one challenge they come with. The second challenge they come with us uh, to us is scale. You know, what we have seen is a lot of customers have tried this with 10 devices in the field and they think they've done it, but when someone really wants to go to the scale of IoT, to the millions of devices, even billions, going back to that use case, right? If they're gonna make uh, 100 billion vaccines if each of them need to be tracked, all of those need to be managed. And so the scale is what is, is a big challenge that they come to us for. And finally, more important in my mind, or most important, is security. You know, we've seen a lot of IoT vulnerabilities, and you know, some, some of them have come up recently. And as these nodes get more connected, they become vulnerability points, right? So they wanna make sure, so these are the three challenges they come to us with. And so what we enable is them is you know, simplification, right? For us, it's all about how do you simplify device management? We want to make sure it's turnkey. You know, there has to be enough devices that support the net uh, device management. So that's how working with the ecosystem is important. We have to make sure there's enough of edge nodes that support uh, the deployment of um, analytics and the AI in, uh, to parse the data and process the data. And so the reason why we've seen a lot of slowdown in the device management and adoption of IoT because people are scared about putting these devices in the environment, just like how laptops became this point of vulnerability 10 years back, 15 years back, and then a lot of management came in. And so similarly, the world of IoT is evolving to that space and solving this challenge of flexibility, scalability, and security through the device and the connected device platform, we're enabling our customers. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. I think I think something that you touched upon there, which is very close to my heart from, from my past in, in academic studies, is the security element of this. Yeah, um, you know, often security in this, in, in, in this industry and in technology in general is seen as a as an after event, a gold plating exercise, um, rather rather than by design. And, and it's HEMA, you know only too well that within a network, you're only as strong as the weakest link. And you know, there's so many there's so many stories about these um, cheap, uh, you know, IP based uh, cameras that people have in their homes with really lap security that are just on the network. And uh, and it's really uh, heartwarming to know that that is something that's very close to to Pelion in what you're doing as a business is the security element of these devices because you know with everything being connected and with everything joined it's uh the risk the risks are, are phenomenal aren't they yeah and and you know coming from an industrial world I, I you know we used to talk about if only the whole world knew about vulnerabilities and attacks that haven't been publicized there's a lot of that happens. So we will, what we want to make sure is, 
you know, like you've said, security in the enterprise world has always been, I'm going to put a layer on the top at the last minute uh, to get the solution out, right? For IoT, security has to be by design and has to be integrated upfront because the whole point of what we do at Pillion is enabling the data to be trustable because we are a control plane and, and we enable the data to be delivered to wherever the analytics run so that the customers can get the outcome from the data, right? They need to analyze the data. They need to see what the data means to them. But all of the outcomes don't matter if they cannot trust the data. I was reading the story about um, earthquake warning in Hawaii, and someone hacked into it and generated a false warning, and that is not good, right? So because now the data is not trustable, and so that's just an example of where these nodes and the data from these nodes, if it cannot be trusted. So to you, like you said, right, you're absolutely right. If the trust is not built into the nodes by putting the management into the nodes early on across the life cycle, right? Not just one. You cannot have one weak node and it will uh, create vulnerabilities across the whole solution. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just and that's a really interesting next point and a nice link into something I was going to ask you was about if we talk about IoT in a wider context, apart, apart from security, which is a well-publicized and something that we just touched on here, challenge for the growth of IoT, what other challenges do you envision that IoT will have as it as it infinitely grows bigger? What are the other challenges that uh, affect the, the growth of IoT within technology? I, I think first and foremost, just to reiterate, right, building trust in the solutions um, and so that the data is trustable and the environment is trustable, that is for sure the biggest challenge I see that, right? I think the second one that I see as a, you know, the other thing is, you know, IoT deployments has taken too long a time, right? It cannot be a multi-year, this large-scale ERP-like deployments. And we need to bring the time it takes to deploy the solutions much faster. And that can only be done by having enough solutions off the shelf that are integrated from the device to the cloud to the analytics, right? So this end-to-end uh, -end solutions are a key to making sure that IoT will scale to the level it scales. And that needs a lot of cooperation with ecosystem partners, with uh, from the device world, from the silicon world to the networks and to the cloud and analytics players. It's it's interesting. One of our customers gave me a quote. Uh, they said, "I'm I'm scared of sleeping in the night because I'm shipping devices that don't have device management into the field, right? So so being able to solve that problem of operational visibility, right? Because Customers are managing large assets today. They're not gonna come up with a different management solution. So finding a way to integrate operationally the management of these IoT assets into how they manage their whole fleet or how they manage their whole assets, that's a key uh, challenge that we also need to solve. So if you solve trust, security, if you solve speed of deployment, this friction in deployment, if you solve the operational experience and the operational management, and then create these end-to-end -end solutions. I think, um, and when we are, we have started going down that path in the last one year more than ever. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Hiva. I think something that resonates with me quite clearly with that is um, 
conversation I've had with people in the past when, when we talk about IoT and this exploding ecosystem and people say, well, where, where is everything? <laughs> you know, where, where are these um, devices? Where are these solutions? And, and I think the, the time to market is really, really important. Um, and, um, and, and, and I think that's really um, useful for our listeners to, to know and to, to, to solidify that as, as one of the things that you've mentioned there is, is getting this out there quickly. And, and not that IoT is this peripheral uh, niche area that people look at anymore, because it really is transforming technology in general. And, and at one point, you know, we, we may stop calling it IoT because it will just be what it is. Um, because everything will just be connected and that is technology and we won't need to label it as something anymore. Do you, do you think that that's, that's right? Absolutely. And you've, you've articulated it really well because even if I look at, um, you know, 2006, I started building mobile platforms. And at that time, they were an, um, they were an outlier and you had to do something very different uh, in how you build mobile applications and how do you make your websites mobile ready and so on. But think about the, how we build stuff today, right? As a developer, as an engineer, mobile is integral, mobile experiences are integral to how you build everything, right? And some people actually start from mobile first. And so you are absolutely right. I think the time when you think of the outcome and IoT becomes a piece of it and you don't talk about it as this outlier, that's the time when you know that, okay, it is enabling us to solve real problems and not a technology sort of a uh, talk. Yeah, yeah, you, I think you, you, you put it greatly there. When you don't call it something, that's when you know it's, yeah. it's, it's there, right? Yeah. Just, just, just on that note, and um, one of the last things that I wanted to ask you today, Hema, and, uh, uh, and I don't expect you to reveal any, any, any secrets of the business and what have you, but I know everyone's going to be really excited just to know about what, what your predictions are really for the future. This is something that I always ask everyone. You know, where, where can this take us? Where can it go? You know, are there limitations? Um, but what do you see happening over the next five years? I think we talked through, and I would always like to use use cases to talk about what I see happening. We talked about the labels, smart labels, and that's just one uh, application of what I predict as uh, technologies like eSIM and iSIM, where you are enabling technologies, uh, connectivity to be available globally, locally. So today there's a lot of roaming in the cellular networks. As the connectivity is built into the silicon, the form factor goes much smaller, power consumption is much smaller, and then connectivity is not an afterthought, right? Connectivity is built into the devices, and they work on cellular networks, low power, and you're able to manage those like you manage the rest of your devices. So that I, uh, I see as a big trend, and we'll see more and more of that. Uh, and our sister company, Keegan, does a lot of uh, works along with us to deliver those technology. The second trend I see, um, is the edge models moving to edge applications to edge app store. I think that trend is going to get bigger and bigger. Uh, we're working with customers already. What I predict happen is this edge models like the camera, the, the more, uh, AI algorithms to deploy in your camera, right? Today they're static. They'll get more, more, more and more real time because there's a continuous monitoring between the edge and the cloud. And now we're able, able to deploy these models in a much more real time. So we're working with some exciting use cases with our customers so that our experiences as 
you know, everyday humans get better and better because there's more real-time data. The third one I see is, uh, we talked about this, right? Security, we have invested a lot in security in the enterprise. You know, if you take public key security, cryptography, and so on, I see that strong security getting more and more into IoT nodes um, and doing the end-to-end solution. So I would see those three as the big trends. I'm more of trends that enable use cases than researchy trends. Uh, and so I see these in real use cases. I see those getting into large-scale deployments in the next two to five years, although some of them have already started now. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. That that's that's really insightful. I think that's you know those three cornerstones there about the the applications of edge, um, what that what that has along with security and also the the battery. So for me, battery battery technology uh, is 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 a phenomenally interesting subject um, when you deal with a lot of um, countries looking to go to to zero emissions and having targets around that. And and I think sometimes we when we talk about infrastructure, we talk about the the limitations of the infrastructure, and we're really in a race, aren't we? So you have the manufacturers uh, producing uh, cars, and if we look at Porsche's Taycan, for instance, it's certainly in the UK, the infrastructure currently isn't there to support the charge of that. And and and, and when that comes back to an IoT device, it's how we can put something in a device and not touch it for 10 years or, or longer, right? Like, that is really the, the limitation because some some of these devices, you know, with with cellular connectivity, depending on when they're actually functioning and talking to another device, um, how long can that last? And that and that is a really a real limitation. So it'd be phenomenal to see what happens in the future with that because I think it has so many different applications for everyone in terms of enrichment of people's lives as well. Uh, you're absolutely right, and I think that's why I, I take that as the biggest prediction or, or I think the outcome that we can generate working closely with our cellular partners or silicon partners to push a lot of the connectivity and, and it, it fits into our uh, arms history of how they've enabled more compute uh, and more analytics at the silicon level and now the next steps that go into the uh, it, we talked about how do you stop talking about things and, and it all becomes more natural to how we do it Connectivity, I assume, I, I know will go down the same way where it's built into the silicon and that way it's available for you at low power you know, uh, and, and low cost. And, yeah. and low form factor, right? Because a lot of this device's size is a constraint, right? Yes. So got, we talked about you know, uh, yeah, the, pay, the tape that goes, right? And so it's got to get that small. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hema, I am so pleased uh, that you have come onto the show. Uh, it, honestly, it was it was something I was really looking forward to, and, and I know we could talk for ages. But I really thank you uh, for coming on the show. It's been so insightful, and we wish you you know the, the best of best of luck in your position at Palion and all of the growth that your company is going to have. Tom, uh, really appreciate the time. Yeah, like you've said, it's an interest. This is a topic that's dear to my heart. I'm sure we'll talk more uh, with you, millions of subscribers, and me, millions of customers. <laughs> I hope, I hope. Thank you so much, Hema. Thanks. Have a good day, Tom. You too. Thank you for listening, and be sure to subscribe for more episodes in the IoT Podcast, the leading podcast among the IoT community.